gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. So none of you guys heard any of what I just said at the beginning. <laughs> Okay, we're going to start this shit again. Welcome, my friends, to Social Q&A Live episode Yonju Sanbad, episode 43. Uh, yeah, I'm just realizing no one, for, for those who are now listening on the podcast or now watching on YouTube, you wouldn't have heard any of the intro. So I'm just going to start this again. Uh, we got a, we got a sesh today on learning to detach from successful women. It's going to be very inspirational. It's going to be very lighthearted, very fun, very positive as the sun shines. Because coming off of last week and reviewing last week's session and seeing the response from you guys on the epic four-hour podcast, which was so dark and was so heavy, uh, tremendous response. Thank you for the feedback on Instagram, particularly at Tang one But today, I just want to come in with some light and in perfect timing. In perfect timing, I received an inspirational story from a longtime follower of this channel, uh, shout out to Nicholas, and we're going to read out his email of someone who's just getting it done, someone who's approaching the journey with a detachment from success mindset when it comes to his sexual relationships and social development. It's a really inspirational story. It's quite long, so we're going to get to it in a second. I just want to throw some throw some fucking principles and tactics out there first. Uh, it's funny because I actually addressed a whole bunch of you with the chat here off the get, but none of you would have heard it. So <laughs> let me just let me uh, let me just say hey, it's a nice Mac said, yo, sup? Good to have you here, Mr. Smack. We got Axeal up in here saying, hey, I can't hear anything. That's when I all of a sudden realized I'd fucked the audio. Thank you, Axeal. Uh T's up in this chat saying, What's good? Same, he's got no audio, otherwise the video is fine. Yeah, we, we got that sorted. Ah, uh, Axeal's checking the audio as well. Everyone's just coming in saying, Yeah, we're good now. Uh, nice Mac. 
dropped in with a comment saying, I was talking to a girl and she said she doesn't have a group of friends or friends to hang out with except her boyfriend. My question is, do girls only hang out with other people to find the mate? Interesting question. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Smack. We'll get to that in good time. And for those of you that are new to Social Q&A Live, we've got a preloaded question slash topic that we get here at the beginning. And then you guys can drop any questions you have in that chat box. Of course, the Super Chat option is available if you'd like to support the channel and donate uh, through the Super Chat, which just gets your question bumped to the top and helps to support everything that's going on. And uh, there's a lot of donations last week, which I'm really appreciative of. Now, one thing I need to say here, which I have already said, but none of you heard it, is that one of the longtime followers of this social Q&A live podcast, uh, Mr. Ski, aka Ado Schemo in the chat, he will not be here today. He has messaged me on Instagram with a couple of video messages saying that he's been called into work and it's like his last work session before the COVID shutdown goes crazy in uh, Melbourne or something. So he's unable to make it today, but we will give him an honorary, how's it going, mate? Yep, because that's what he would normally say in this chat. So thank you very much for that message, Ski. And yes, so topic today, learning to detach from successful women. Listen, your ability to take action in cold approach, but just really in life in general, is directly proportionate to your ability to detach from success. We're going to focalize this. I'm pretty sure that's not a word, but it sounds good. We're going to focalize this around your social development and your dating life today, because that's just the specifics of social Q&A. But these principles are life principles. If you just to take two guys, let's say COVID situation is done with, uh, it's a Saturday night and I get two guys that come out with me into a bar. Two guys and Adam walk into a bar. And say I've got one guy who's far more natural, scale of zero to 10. Hang on, I just better make sure that we are recording here as well. Yeah, we are. I'm going to have to do some fancy shit in editing to make sure this works because of the balls up at the beginning. Anyways, walk into the bar with two different guys. One of them who's, let's say he's a seven or eight, maybe even higher, you know, definitely leaning on natural, but wants to come in and learn a cold approach, walk into the bar with him and he's like, Adam, let's, let's get it done. Show me the way. And then you've got a guy on the far left who is, I don't know, say four, three, real hard case, struggling, almost throwing up, palms, knees, sweaty, everything sweaty, and he's freaking out. And we walk into the bar. Yet, there's only one thing that really differs between the two, and it's who's more detached from success tonight. Who needs it less? And we will get into a definition of what successful women is. We will definitely need to piece that up. Once I get into Mr. Nicholas's email here, all the way from Sweden. But but put it, pushing that to the side, let's just say that these two are both coming with the idea and conceptually that successful women means that, oh, you know, I'm going to find a girl that I connect with. And uh, yeah, actually, now I'm realizing that now we're going to have to park this. Let's just say that, that they both just want to have a good night, meet some cool women, and uh, maybe potentially sexually progress it with the two. We'll get into a deeper explanation later. Let's say they both have that. But one needs it less than the other. I'll put all my money on that guy to have a better night. And also, not just that, and when I say better night, what's the good night? What's the better night? The better night and the good night is the one that who takes more action. Regardless of whether he gets into long, deeply expressive, creative relationships with women that night, whether he gets makeouts, whether he pulls back to his place and they end up having a great sexual intimate moment together, it doesn't really matter. To me, because they might not be able to see it in the moment, but for me, looking at someone's development along the journey, 
looking at someone's 10-year development, lifetime development, if you are attached to this idea of that I need women to validate me, need to have success with these women tonight, you will guaranteed take less action because of what that pressure does to you. There's so much pressure to walk in and say, I need to be successful with women tonight. And I wanted to give you guys this little bit of an example, a tactical example, and we'll get to how you can detach from this. Don't worry, the tactics will come, but I just wanted to give a bit of a visual for this and that I would rather have an absolute hard case who at least just rocks up and says, I don't give a fuck. It's like, Adam, I don't care. I don't care about, I know I'm going to be shit. I know I'm going to be rubbish. So let's do it. That person will go leagues further than the guy who maybe has far more attractive physical qualities, far more built-in natural qualities from uh, his upbringing and parents and social circle, etc. Yet he's deeply attached to needing for it to work out tonight, needing for him to have success with women tonight. You know, that that guy is he's, he's barely going to get the engine started. And even if he does, it's going to be a painful, painful process and not the pain we're looking for which is what I've talked about in a lot of my content. I've made an entire bowl sip on this for sure. I discuss this with clients all the time, which is that we want pain, but we want the right pain. There's no honor in going down a path in which that you're enduring the wrong pain. You know, the pain of... The pain of battling a night in which that you can't even go out and meet anyone, you're struggling, It's you're boxed in, you're... you're caved by social anxiety and just do I meet this girl I mean the girl fuck I'm not doing it right and you got all this pressure on your mind because you just want success of women but of course with that success of women you're not taking the actions necessary to bring you there so your very need for it is pushing you away from it that's what I'm talking about here and that's a pain for sure but it's the wrong pain the pain I want is the pain that the hard case is going to get yet the hard case with oh actually I don't need to be successful with women the pain he's going to get is through the feedback of his inadequacy and his flaws and how much he needs to learn. But that's a good pain. That's a pain that stings with a smile because he's actually taking action. He's actually learning. And we've got, we've got some good shit here off the beginning. I want to get into Nicholas's email now. By the way, guys, just so you know, I am dog-sitting a dog right now. So if you can hear some snuffles in the background, it's a multi-shih tzu. And uh, let's, here, hang on a second. Listen, I may as well introduce uh, everyone. This is Rubber Dub. <laughs> you can know this dog as Rubber Dub. She's an old lady, yet uh, she's bright, has a lot of energy. Yet she's very much a snuffler. She's gone quiet now, which is good. So if you hear any snuffling in the background, that's what this is. Uh, everyone say hi to Rubber Dub. Rubber Dub will be uh, chaperoning this session. I'll put it down somewhere down the other area. Hopefully it doesn't make too much noise. I know the mic's good for you, for you guys, but it pisses me off with this background noise. So give me a sec. All right, I thought I'd just better address the, uh, address the white elephant in the room. <laughs> Although you guys probably couldn't hear it. So yes, let's get into this inspirational email. I just wanted to hit you guys with a little bit of a seminar, a little bit of learning off the get, which is if you look to to have success with women, and yes, we need to get into an explanation of that, we will, but because it goes a lot deeper 
from my perspective of what successful women actually is versus what society, other coaches, other companies will tell you it is. And I think you guys or my OGs will know that. But for those who don't know who are uninitiated, there is a lot deeper. There is a lot more roots to be found above the fruits. So, but we've got this email, inspirational email that uh, we're going to kick, we're going to get it with. So, Mr. Nicholas, oh, by the way, shout out. Nicholas, who's from Sweden, I believe, sent me this intense email. It's quite long, but it's beautiful. It's like, it's, it's worth going into because it's just inspirational. But like, it made me smile. And if it made me smile versus last week where it almost made me fucking cry, like that, that's how intense it was last week, then you know it's worth going into. He sent me a he sent me a photo on Instagram, several photos on Instagram. I see if I can get them on the archive. I'll show you guys. For those of you that aren't following me on Instagram, of him literally sharpening the blade, like in tandem with this email, he sent me these photos of him sitting in a rocking chair, reading with a katana next to him, like a legitimate samurai. I'm not sure what century it's from. It had to be 17th century pre. And uh, probably closer to 16th or 15th. And and then a little a photo after that of him actually sharpening his blade, sharpening a legitimate katana. And it was it was awesome, man. It was it's awesome. I'll see if I can uh I'll see if I can find it here. It should be in my stories archive. Maybe it's just be in the actual bloody photos. Can I just open the photo? No, it's it's struggling, it's struggling. Hold on, I should be able to get it. won't take too long, but I will show you guys on the live stream because it's, it's inspirational. Here we go. Yeah, I get this. Hopefully that doesn't it doesn't drain. Is that going to just... Sh- yeah, there we go. Yeah, hopefully... You, well, is that showing private details though? No, it's not. Okay, hopefully you guys can see that. Hopefully you can see that on the camera. That is Nicholas, who set, who's the guy who sent me this email, literally sharpening his blade. And now I just transitioned back. Sharpening his blade. Which, for those of you who are like not understanding what that means, it's a thing that has been a, for my long-term followers for a long time. That sharpen the blade hashtag sharpen the blade, which refers to not it, it's a simultaneous reference of that we improve ourselves. Right? The sharpening of the blade, you are the blade, right? and that's so I've always used this analogy, and so we use that sharpening of the blade to develop who we are through the different modalities in his life, such as reading, which Nicholas is really big into, uh, physical training, social development, uh, mental development, all these different things, right? Purpose, of course. So I just uh, want to shout out to Nicholas there because those photos are bloody awesome. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you missed out. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm just addressing the fact that I, for some reason, I don't know why the internet is super choppy this morning. So I do apologize for the lagginess if that's there. Okay, so let's get this email inspirational to do with the so it's titled progression of the journey and a little bit of background context i've been i've worked with nicholas as a client in the past not in a long time but in the past uh, actually this time last year when i was in new york i was coaching him and he's been on quite a journey he's he's been on quite a journey heads up his english is not the best so i'm going to do my best to interpret what i think he means uh yeah, it's T's just coming in here saying, yeah, my video is pretty laggy. Yeah, it's it's telling me on OBS that the internet is struggling right now. So that that's just, it is what it is. Uh, can't do, uh, it's not just UT. It, it's it's on my end for sure. So actually, maybe if I turn off the Wi-Fi on my device, that might actually even help you. Okay, so as I was trying to say there, 
Yeah, his English is not the best. So I'm going to do my best to interpret what I think he means because there's a couple little points there and then we'll just get into it. So let's go. Progression of the journey. Nick was sent this to me. Hello, Sensei Ui. Uh, quick recap. I think over the, I think of my journey over the last two months or so. I'm just sharing my thoughts here. Reflection. Uh, main idea is at the bottom. Feel free to jump. Uh, da, da, da. Okay. I moved to a new city alone. I did mention Copenhagen. That made a shift for the future. Anyhow, 200,000 miners roughly lived here, but it seemed like there was a low rate of new women coming to the city. Every year, though, more students come here. The recent weeks where I did more approaches, I went and did acro yoga with a girl who were on a similar wavelength. Uh, in brackets, Emma, she was my eight. In brackets. It was an instant date. She radiated free-flowing vibe, like dancing. She said she loved dancing. Two days ago, during the interaction, a few lessons came to mind that you have shared. Uh, there was no rush. Another instant date where I felt, in quotes, we moved together. This is a we thing. End quotes. Uh, Efran, in brackets, Efrani, she was my nine out of 10. So he's talking about another separate instant date now. Uh, I received the feeling as it would feel as being in a romantic relationship, I guess. Everything was simple and perfect. It came to me the day after. She was also on a similar wavelength. She did share some personal development of a cool events. When we did acro yoga, the idea of physical touch came to me. Uh, in quotes, she will show how comfortable she is. End quotes. Also, acro yoga in itself is about trust. Also, oneself's balance. How much are you able to let go to? I believe it to be a great thing to do together. Also very fun. I felt very joyful over having met her, gratitude for what she, sorry, gratitude for what was achieved and the moment together. More, much more gratitude is shared during my experiences in interaction with women. Many, many amazing people and women have come through my experience. Two, even though short interactions as they might have been, one example where I overcame quite rapidly the fear of going up to a family. After the opener, the mother started talking in an enthusiastic manner, and I talked some with her, then her daughter, and I liked that. The girl was very thankful for me coming up to her. I could have progressed it, but anyhow, what I am wanting to say is that not only the interaction with just a girl that you want to go out on a date with, but in overall my situation, many situations, sorry, have become much more fulfilling and fun just by starting the chat, just by chatting. Seeing the kindness of people too, like one of the train staff who was checking tickets, he literally ran across the platform with one of my bags just to make sure I got there in time. The train I took was delayed. I am, the, in quotes, I am, therefore I am, end quotes, something I live by, and it is this which I am taking credit for. If you want to meet amazing people, be amazing yourself. What I'm trying to say is I've swung the blade for some time, some in dating, much more in self-realization. Every day, give the instruction to oneself the direction you want to go to. The view of myself has thus changed. Life is beautiful. I share love. I receive love. I refine my character more in depth 
realizing even more the one I'm desiring to be. Today I went, uh, I had too much time and doing in the things in the frame of I am not able. So I followed the words even more strongly. When there is a will, there is a way. That has showed many great results in many areas. I got to put to test today, like Wim says, the ice is righteous but merciless. I love that quote. Uh, being thrown in in Oslo, totally different than the other city, girls would just run off, stepping up the difficulty levels. But hey, this will further sharpening the blade. The rejections hardly made any scratches. My approaches now have been like deeper, that the power, the love that comes forth from me is much greater than before. A stronger masculine essence at times too. An attractive girl came up, stated to her that she was a dancer. She was. Shortly after that, her two friends came up. I told them what was up, unshaken, and even attempted to close her. Some unrefined things went down on my skill set there, but point was my masculine essence and confidence in oneself. I might have started the journey four years ago. Keep that in mind. Four years ago. But the approaches does not count for that. Does not account for that, I think he means. Not even one of your 30-day challenges, in bracket, minimum five, in bracket, have been done yet. Okay, that, that makes no sense at all. Okay, but I'm not sure what he means there. But because uh, he's saying not even one of your 30-day challenges, in brackets, minimum five. Maybe he's saying he had the goal of doing five, like maybe once a year or so. But he hasn't. But then he says he hasn't done, hasn't done it. So let's just say he hasn't done. It. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm excited for that though. I believe in my persistence, confidence, determination, and intention. Things that will be enhanced anyway after an experience like a 30 day challenge. Okay, so that I think it makes more sense. I think he had the saying the goal that he wants to do five 30 day challenges. I don't know where he gets that goal from, but he said he hasn't done, even done one yet. Okay. In bold. He then goes on to write, direct, congruent, and authentic way of doing has been sharpened much further. The growth I've done has been much in this way. Worthiness, over and over again, both in workshop, in the room, but also in the field of interaction with women. Have I embedded deeper and deeper the idea that, in quotes and in capitals, I am worthy of these women? You don't really need to know the why, only that if she wants to stay with you, then you are worthy, and that a vibrational match is to be found anyway. Having that idea itself already shows that you are worthy. Something I did not really think about beforehand, but when I was like younger in teen years, had a few girls who were interested in me, but I was mostly blinded by that and said to myself, no girl wants me, referring to like the five and above in beauty. That was not a truth in its, it was a, sorry, that was not a truth, it was a perspective. Learning about perception is powerful. Well, changing these hard patterns does take time, but I did it over time through writing affirmations to oneself and also more powerfully visualizations with actual experiences, reaffirming to myself women who liked me approaching them. Letting go has become easier and things are flowing much easier. Close, I would say, to unconscious competence with when one girl, when one, when one cool girl goes Another cool girl is available to come. <laughs> I get the point. He say when, when one door closes, another door opens, is what he's trying to say. How? No clue. But the energy, intention is set forth. It is coming. 
doing as much as I can in my current situation. I left that girl whom I did acro yoga. We had a good time. It seemed like she wanted more. We did a long hug and she was hinting. In that moment, also something I wanted to try, in quotes, just let it be that moment, end quotes. So just left it from there. No contacts or anything. It was cool as it was. Many other interactions I've had have been similar, letting it go and letting it flow. (laughs) Because another thing is, who are you desiring to become? That is a good question in itself. Just meeting girls and settling was never my thing. More interested in growing in one or another area. So just to sum this up, the idea of sharpening the blade, focusing on getting skills to unconscious competence in more areas of life, like the books I've read has been the uh, direct, congruent, authentic, have I shown in more of, also in dating, letting go, practicing has been improved, not as much attached anymore. Keep growing, keep flowing. Nicholas. What a message. What a message. So there's there's a lot we could take apart there. There's a couple things that I just want to bring a little more clarity to because I know there was kind of like all over the shop. His, his English is not the best and he was really summing up what the last three months of his journey has been. So, but overall, for those of you that saw last week's podcast or here in the live session that were watching last week's podcast, it's light and day. Uh, I should say night and day and it's sun and moon compared to what we had last week. The overall essence of what Nicholas was trying to convey there was that like if you hear the things he was talking about, the, the keys that pop up, the, the letting it go and letting it flow, that there was two instant dates that he talked about with really attractive women that uh, he was really feeling it with and he was able to act upon it and he was being more masculine leading in the moment with them. He said he did acro yoga with, I think he said both of them, at least one of them. And, but at the end of the instant dates, didn't actually progress it any further with them, but chose not to. Literally got to the end of a beautiful experience with a brand new woman he never met before, went on an instant date with her, and then at the end of it, chose not to grab, to extend the details, to grab contact details, and just let it be as it was, not needing to get anything more from the situation felt fully fulfilled from the situation to the point where I don't need to progress this anymore. You compare that mindset and that level of detachment from last week in which that it was the epitome of attachment to needing success from women and sexual women. I won't I won't describe you just need to go back and watch the podcast to know to know why I'm giving it what why that was. There's a lot there. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible how you could have two people with such different mindsets. And this is why I wanted to kick off this podcast at the beginning with this guy is out there doing the thing. He's taking action and is directly proportionate to his ability to detach from needing this woman to validate him and have in quotes what success may be. And we'll we'll get into a definition of successful women in a second because it just keeps popping up. But for him, he's determined success to be something very different and he's just enjoying the moment with these women. Now, there are definitely, there's some red flags that I will tap on, but there's only one or two. There's a couple of red flags I want to hit on and probably just more than red flags, just some questions as to, can you take detachment from women too far? 
I'm sure that's kind of popping up in some of your minds right now. Like, uh, it's like, that's all well and good, Adam. It's all well and good that he is able to practice this level of detachment, but if he's not even going to progress the interactions to a day three, day four, get deeper with the woman, isn't he just shortcutting his learning, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, there are other things we'll get into uh, that I'll help him along this journey with. But overall, though, can you say that I would much rather have someone who is practicing this level of detachment from successful women, who's able to actually go through an experience of a woman on an instant day, connect to the point where she's giving him a long hug at the end, conveying that she wants more of this with him. And he says, actually, I'm good. I would much rather have that mentality. I would much rather work with that person. And well, actually, I know that that person's going to go so much further in the journey because that's a lifetime mindset. That's a 10-year lifetime mindset. 10 years slash lifetime mindset because it shows why he's in it. He's in it for who he's becoming and not who he's getting. But someone who's in the journey for who they're getting, you know, that's so short term and there's so much pressure, so much anxiety that comes along with that. And proportionally, their level of action just won't hold up. It's very taxing. It's psychologically draining and, and very painful to walk through this journey thinking that and always focused on who am I getting and where's this validation coming from next? And you're always seeking that. You're always chasing that. It's so painful. And so those people don't last. Those people, because you can't, you can't go out for very long periods of time and entertain this process with that type of mentality. But you see from this guy, this guy is four years into the journey. He's four years into the journey. That's really good to mention. And he's, this guy, I would say, because I know him much deeper, is definitely a hard case. Like I've worked with him as, as a client about a year ago, and, but he's been following this channel for a very long time as well. And so let me just say, I don't want to, I'm not going to get into his personal stories because uh, they're very explicit. And I'm, don't worry, I'll withhold that for you, Nick. But, but let's just say that I would have put him at somewhere between a three to four on the hard case to natural scale. And so to hear this guy talking like this now, talking about his detachment, about letting it go, letting it flow, being a masculine being and, you know, going on instant dates with girls. The last time I worked with him when I was in New York, when I was breaking down his infield and I was giving, I was giving him coaching feedback on it. He was the type of guy that women were just getting annoyed. Women were just getting pissed off that he wasn't leading them, that he wasn't progressing them. And so just to hear, Nick, that you're actually going on instant dates now, that you're seeing a random girl on the street, you're going up to her, you're putting forward the deck, direct congruent authentic, you're being... You're doing what you need to do. You're going to, to go on an instant date with a woman, as long as it's sexually polarized, you're going to have to be going through open qualification investment clothes. And this is the other thing is that he's a Mr. Nice Guy. I know him. He's a Mr. Nice Guy. And his interactions with women, but I'll break him down. He's just so nice. He's so nice. So the women just treat him like a puppy dog. And so they never get sexually polarized. That flame never gets lit. But it sounds like now that's starting to happen a bit more. I don't know to what degree because I haven't heard any of you in. I haven't heard of your Indian field in a year's time, but it sounds like you're at least moving it forward based on the fact that uh, if a girl's giving you a long hug at the end of a date, that's part of the linger effect, which means that she wants more of you. So, so that's just really great to hear. It's very inspirational. And for those of you that are listening in on this live chat right now, you know, when we, when we looked at last week, 
and we looked at the depths of darkness from last week and how far gone that guy was. But I ended that podcast by saying that, but the light's always there. And if he wished to change himself, the hope and the faith is there that if he actually chose it, that that is a possibility for him. This guy's four years into the journey. And when I first met him, when women were just getting pissed off, when, when he's not able to get into any sexual, sexually polarized intimate relationships with women through cold approach, and now he's like really making gains and he's really getting there. And he says in his own feedback on himself, analysis of himself, that he's starting to move towards unconscious competence, which is coming a little more full circle on the journey. I'm not quite ready to give him that yet. I would need to listen to his infield to give him uh, to give him hardcore feedback on that he's actually unconscious competent. But listen, the, the way that I know he's not unconsciously competent is that if you're not getting into regular sexually intimate relationships with women, you're not unconsciously competent. So, Nick, I think you need to dial it back there. You might you might be in conscious competence now. You might be on six to nine. I'm not sure I'm ready to say you're nine to 12 yet. Uh, but, you know, remains to be seen, you know. Anyways, he might just be getting the terms mixed up. He might be meeting that anyway. His English is not the best. But it's safe to say, though, you've come a long way. And the fact that someone like you who is three to four, which means that you're a hard case, you're in the hard case badlands, now you're moving and you're upscaling your social dynamics. And this guy, like, the reason why this, I want to go hard on this for those of you that thought, like, I call it what it is. If you, if I see someone who's doing good shit, I see someone who's actually transforming themselves and evolving themselves, I call it what it is. And it's amazing that someone can do that. If I see the reverse, someone who's got the worst mindsets, worst mentalities, and just completely fallen off the path, you know, kilometers deep. I'm going to call out what it is. And, uh, you know, some guys got upset about last week that they thought I was too harsh on the guy. And it's like, well, no, no, I call it what it is. And because uh, otherwise you're never going to get the raw feedback. Life's not going to be any different to you. Life is going to give you the raw feedback, whether you like it or not. May as well get it from me firsthand. So I just, yeah, I want, to, I want to give that big ups that this guy is an inspiration because he's out there working. I know he's doing the work, not only in terms of his social development, but all areas of the temple. He's a hardcore follower. Hence why he sent me uh, those photos of him sharpening the blade, etc. So Nick, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm just going to address some of you guys in the chat right now. And if you guys are enjoying this content, just drop the thumbs up down below. Hit that thumbs up, help support the channel. And we'll get to open Q&A in good enough time but there's a couple things I want to get on. There was a mass... If there's any one red flag with what Nicholas has said in his email, it is this idea of too much detachment. When you're actually so detached from success and the definition of success of women, we've got to get that as well. But let's just say, when you're so detached from success from women that you no longer actually... Your momentum is killed and you can no longer actually get lessons because you're no willing to go out and swing the blade. We will get to that. We will get to that. But let me just address some of you guys in the chat here. Uh, actually, not much chat. Just Infinite Paradox saying audio is good. Alex Terry coming up in here saying that, dude, what the fuck? Why did you, why did you trim the faux hawk? I don't even know what that means. I think I, th- I think he means why I cut my hair, dude. You're a little late to the party. I think we've been we've had this for a while. Uh, hit up my Instagram, scroll down to a little black and white, and you'll find out. Uh, 
T then comes in saying, being too detached, my mate and I were talking about that recently. Yeah, interesting. So we're going to go with that now. Thank you for that feedback, T. So, so the big red flags, the big red flags, The bit, I don't, I don't want to go back into the email because it's a very long email, but I, we, we can get it from memory. The big red flag that Nicholas showed up in this is that he, on two occasions, had an attractive female who was clearly showing him signs that she wanted this to be progressed, yet he chose not to. This is a simultaneous huge win because it shows that detachment, but so I'm not actually going to pin him for that. The red flag is actually a preemptive and a protection mechanism, a a future proofing. It's a potential red flag that if he continues to do this, so Nick, if you continue to go out and meet women, have amazing interactions, and then not progress them, when that woman is telling you to, whether that be verbally, as in she wants, she's inviting you out, she's saying, hey, what's going on this weekend, or just in non-verbals, subconsciously, aka the lingering hug, the linger effect, uh, in which that she's hanging onto your arm a lot, that she's pushing on you, she's trying to kiss you, she's trying to get you to show, you know, she's at the end of day, it's going, well... No, it's getting a little bit late and she's just lingering on waiting for you to lead her, but you're choosing not to, aka you are dishonoring the sexual trust. You're not honoring the sexual trust she's placed in you. She's chosen now. She's made it up in her mind that I trust you. So take me deeper. And it is just as much of a mistake and an affront to masculine and feminine energy polarity and dynamics to not lead when asked to. To not lead when asked to. When a woman actually has defined for you that I'm ready and you don't take her there. So the complete opposite of the permission seeking, uh, sorry, the permission approval and the thing from last week that we were going on of of making sure that we're, well, no, it is the same. It is the same thing of last week. It's just in the positive light now that reading the woman in front of you, you need to read when the woman is uncomfortable and you need to read when the woman is comfortable. It is just as important to read when the woman is comfortable and then to act upon it, which is why Mr. Nice Guys fail again and again, again and again, that with the puppy dogness, with the ability to inability to lead, I should say, that that's just as damaging to a woman as being so blind to her social cues that you're leading too hard, too fast, and she has to knock you back. Because in both situations, You've dishonored trust. You've dishonored trust in both ways. So let's say this. If you continue, Nick, it's it's a lesson. It's a lesson we all must learn, which is why I love it. So please do not take this as, oh, Adam's getting uh, angry at me for, for not going and progressing these two to dates or these acro yogas. No, no, no. If this was your first time ever experiencing a true detachment from successful, successful women, that's fine. I'm talking about the future now. I'm talking about, let's say this happens again. Let's say you go out after this podcast, you go meet another amazing woman. It's been awesome. Open qualification investment close. We both have time. Excellent. Okay. Let's go for a quick coffee, quick tea together. Butte. We're down there on the, on the gardens and the park, state library. It's a fucking amazing time. And all of a sudden we realize that actually I don't have much to do tonight. She doesn't have much to do tonight. We got some time together and you don't pull that trigger. 
And but you know it's there. You know that she's lingering on you. You know that this is prime. This is ready. We're getting into a deeper connection here. As you were saying, we're really starting to feel each other here. But you don't progress it. Well then, but but you frame it as, oh, I'm just practicing detachment. Just like last week, I'm just practicing this detachment. Let it go, let it flow, right? No, not right, wrong. At that point, what you are now doing, even if it's coming from the place of detachment in which that you genuinely, authentically are showing yourself and telling yourself, I really don't need it. But Adam, I really don't need it. I really don't need to progress to a sexually more intimate scenario with this woman, more so psychologically at this state, through leading her to different stages throughout the date, but then also through sexual and physical intimacy that will come later on. But make no mistake, that won't come later on if you can't psychologically progress the sexual intimacy first. So that has to come first. We need to lead into deeper levels of isolation, get to know each other, connect with each other deeper and deeper. So what's that going to look like? Well, just take her down to Woolies, take her down to the supermarket, get some water together, take her from this first part of the instant day, extend it, get deeper, get to know each other in another environment. Okay, from the supermarket down to the bar on the river. Okay, down on the bar on the river, have a good hour there, back and forward, getting to know each other. From there, okay, down to the down to a more secluded part of the river or a more secluded part of the gardens in which that a kiss could actually happen, in which that you two could actually open up into each other really deeply. Now physical sexual intimacy could come about. None of that's going to happen if you're so attached now to detachment. And this is one of my favorite lessons from, is it the dark? Is it? Is it Sung San? It's either Sung San, Master, Zen Master Sung San, or it is the Diamond Sutra. One of the two. And they pro- it's probably in both of them. No, I think it's actually in Dropping Ashes in the Buddha from Sung San. But an attachment to detachment is just as bad as an attachment to attachment. It's the same result in the end, right? To be attached, and I say this about, uh, it's my, also my thoughts towards NoFap, which is that an attachment to NoFap is just as bad as an attachment to fap. You know, an attachment in and of itself is just an attachment. So if he was to go forward and to not progress through that deeper level instant day that I just went through the walkthrough of and just said, no, actually, Adam, is, I don't even need, I don't, I don't even need to progress this sexually with her because I just feel like, oh, I've just, I've already received, I've already received the experience from her and that's enough. And it's like, but what have you simultaneously missed? What have you not gained and gleaned from the situation? Well, you haven't learned to be a masculine being in a deeper space from her. You have not learned to provide a deeper, stronger masculine frame in a higher stake situation, such as new territory. Okay, taking her to a bar for the first time, going down to a secluded part of the river for the first time, kissing her for the first time, progressing to more sexual intimate space with her for the first time, if you're, you've shortchanged that, you're never going to get to learn those lessons. If you keep shortchanging and keep detaching at that moment in the day, there's deeper levels of attachment for you to learn as well. It's like, it's all well and good that you learned to, on the acro yoga with this girl, to learn to detach in that situation. But, and so then you think maybe, well, that is that all of it? No, that's not all of what there is to learn about detachment. You might be able to say in your mind, 
and go back home and think that, but what if we, what if we did actually go back to her place or go back to my place and we did actually uh, have sexual intimacy together? How would I have been then? Would you have been as detached then? Would you have been able to stop yourself from over-texting her, wanting to call her, wanting to see her immediately, wanting to you know, spend all day over the next day, wanting to get into a long-term monogamous relationship where you barely even know each other? See, you can only mentally masturbate about those things now because you don't have the referential experience. You didn't swing the blade. So what I'm trying to say here to wrap this point up is that there are levels and lessons of detachment. So don't get attached to the current level of detachment that you're at right now. It's, it's like you showed yourself once is what I'm saying. Nicholas, you showed yourself once that at the end of an instant day when it was going good and it was cooking hot, that you were, uh, you feel, you're feeling yourself. You're feeling like a real chief, right? You were in chief mode with these girls. And so that's great. Now, in your next interactions, progress it. Take it to the next level and then show yourself the next level of detachment. Because if you keep stopping at this level, then simultaneously you are now attached to that, but also you preclude yourself and prevent yourself from ever learning anything anymore. So keep progressing at that, okay? We've got, a, we've got T coming up with some chat in this chat. So let me, let me uh, get this. So, holy shit, this is minimal. Let me, let me zoom this in. Okay, so T comes up in the chat saying how he said he was being too detached. Him and his mate were talking about that recently. Uh, how being too cool can be an excuse for expressing your real feelings. Yeah, for sure. Also, harboring a secret hope that by not pulling the trigger, you'll attract her through your attachment so she pulls the trigger for you. That's a real, that's a real mindfuck. I get what you're saying there. But it's, it's worded very mindfuckingly. Harboring a secret hope that by not pulling the trigger, you attract her through your detachment so she pulls the trigger for you. So it's like what you're trying to say there is hopefully that just by showing my Mr. Tool, Mr. Cool, Mr. Too Cool, that or putting on that facade, that that will somehow make her more attracted and she'll end up pulling the trigger for you because you're too scared to do so. I think that's what you're trying to say there. Yeah, that's very interesting because you can definitely reach that point. The uh, Mr. Too Cool for you, right? or Too Cool, Too Much. You know, I'm, I'm above this now. I'm above this now. You know, the, there's, a, there's a quote. There's a quote in my Instagram bio that has been there ever since I created it. You know, my Instagram bio changes a lot just based on what things I'm promoting or whatever. But there's one line in there that's been in there ever since I created the account. And it says this. Forever a student of the journey. Forever a student of the journey. And so speaking to what T said there in the chat, you're never above learning. You're never above learning. And also you're never above practicing the moves that got you to where you are now. And you're never above practicing or remembering what it means. So I need to provide some more clarity on this. Just because you think you know leading doesn't mean that gives you an excuse to not lead. Just because you think you're, you're Mr. Chief, 
just because let's say that you brought a girl uh, home off a beautiful day three or day four. Oh, actually, how? Let's back it up even one step before that. Let's say you're on the day three or day four, and you guys were out having dinner. Maybe found a nice food market. It was nice and chill. Let's. How about this? Let's say it was Wednesday late night at the Victorian markets. At the Vic markets, they got late night bands playing. There's uh, food stalls and everything. And you set up a day three, day four to go meet her there. It's been great. You guys had a good time. And actually, maybe after that, you caught the tram down uh, after eating down to... Why can I never remember the name of the river? Shit. No, this gets me. This gets me because I, I fucked it up last time. And, uh, and I can't remember it this time. Hold on. Hold on. It, it pisses me off that I can't remember the name of this river. It's on South Bank, but that's not the name of the river. What is the name of the river? Why is it that it's not popping up in Google either? <laughs> ski, uh, ski, T, can you please drop the name of the major river, Yarra, the Yarra River? There we thank you, T. Even that's not ringing bells, though. I, I think it's, I always, th- maybe it's because I always refer to it as South Bank because I take a lot of my clients to the restaurants on South Bank. So I always refer to it as the restaurant on South Bank. So then I guess I just refer to the river in my mind as South Bank. The Yarra River. So you take the tram down to the Yarra. You see Yarra just doesn't sound right. You take it down to South Bank. <laughs> and so you're there on the river anyway and you have your isolation. And then, but then you think like, because the day has been so amazing and you got so many reps on this and you guys have been connecting. It's been so good. You think that, well, she should just take it from here. I've been through this. There was a stage when I was learning through conscious competence, not unconscious competence, but through conscious competence in which that, yeah, you rest on stages of learning that you feel like you've already mastered. So, and actually at night, uh, it's it's actually quite pervasive. T's really kind of tapped on a real a real good point here in which that this lesson actually affects all stages of learning because it just hit my mind there that, Clients that I've had out in bars who are just learning learning what it means to go out at night and maybe they're with me. Actually, nah, that's not a good example. But going out at night is the example anyway. No, it is both. It is both. More from an instructor's point of view, but I'm just realizing that's not relevant to you guys. So let me park the instructor point of view. But just me being out of my mates then and that resting on skill sets that or skills that we know we should be doing, but just didn't do because we feel like we're so good at this anyway. That's definitely an issue. It's definitely an issue. And I think it's just an egoic thing. When you're consciously competent, you definitely get into chief mode. You're feeling like a real chief. When, when, when you get into conscious competence, and what does that mean? That means that you know what you're doing now and you're somewhat good at it. You've gone through unconscious incompetence, which means you're so bad, you don't even know what you're doing. Don't even know what you don't even know. And then that's 12 to 3. And then 3 to 6 is conscious incompetence, which means that now I know that I suck, but I'm aware that I suck. And that's 3 to 6. And then finally, you step into this nice this nice light. It's the first light where you're either on a date, as I was mentioning before, and you know that you should say to the woman, all right, you know, screen for logistics. Okay, so what you up to tonight? What are you doing later tonight? And you take that little plug and you pull that little that little pin 
And she goes, oh, well, she gives you something to linger if it's going well. Ah, oh, well, you know, mm, don't know about this. I'm not sure what I'm doing tonight. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially, aka, lead me. Tell me what it is. Let's go. Right. Otherwise, if she didn't want that, she'd be saying, anyways, I'm going to go now. Right. Anytime that woman gives you a linger, that is her subconscious behavior to say, hey, what would you like to do tonight? Show me, lead me, masculine energy. That's what I want right here. And then you know that you receive that signal because you've received the signal many, many times. You're in conscious competence now. You know what to do, but you won't do it or you don't do it because you feel like, oh, I can do this at any time. I can do this anytime. There's a little bit of complacency coming on here. A little bit of romantic complacency coming on that, well, I'm at this stage of the journey and I've already known this and because I'm consciously competent, that, and so you just, either you don't do it at all or you take so long to do it that the window closes, that the the window closes in which that the, the opportunity is no longer there to use that skill and then you reframe it and you you rationalize it as, oh, well, I was just being detached or I was just not needing the outcome, not needing the success. But actually, if you were to really unpack it and you were to cycle back through it with a coach who actually was able to break it down for you and go, well, hang on a second. Did you, were you attracted to her? Well, yeah. And did you have the moment to actually progress the date and go back to your place or hers? Well, yeah, it was there. So why didn't you do it? Oh, well, uh, because, you know, no, it's being detached, right? I'm like, being detached. I'm like, well, being detached is fine, but that doesn't mean that you don't, that you stop leading. That doesn't mean that you don't honor the sexual trust that she's placed in you. Detached just means that, and, and actually now we're showing that you're actually being attached to that. You're now attached to that. It was enough once for you to learn that lesson. But man, it was once enough for you to learn that at the very moment, just before a girl shows that she's willing to go home with you or if you to take her back to her place at your place and to show that you don't need that and to walk away from that, that lesson comes once and that's enough. You know, now take it to the next one. So definitely, but I don't want to tack back to night here. I want to tack back to the night because this is actually more for the absolute beginners. This is kind of a little more relevant. When I'm out with mates at night, we can definitely... i got to use past tense here. It doesn't happen anymore. But I remember in the conscious competence stage, you know, we could, we talk about conscious competence. Conscious competence is chief mode. You can be the conscious competent chief, right? That's when you walk into a bar, you know what you're doing and you're good at it, okay? You're still working. You still got a lot of lessons, but you at least know that you know what you're doing now. And so there's this complacency that comes apart. Look at all these C words, a conscious competence, complacent chief, right? You enter this chief mode, and what chief mode is, is that you walk into the bar feeling like a real chief. And it's like, I know what I'm fucking doing here. I don't need to go meet the very first person, even though those were the moves that brought you to the dance. Even though those, that's the blade that needs to be swung, but you don't do it. Because you've, you've swung the blade enough times now to know that you can do it, but, but you think that's enough. So you rest. And then say you and a few of your other mates and you're in the bar and let's say there's a huge group of girls maybe five, six, seven different girls looking really good and you know you should go up and meet them, but you don't. Because you know, oh, I got time. I'll do it. I'll do it. And now it's a different I'll do it because the I'll do it from a conscious, sorry, conscious incompetence in which that you suck, you know that you suck, or even the unconscious 
incompetence, sorry, unconscious incompetence and conscious incompetence, those guys, when they say, no, no, I'll do it, I'll do it, man, I'll do it, they're doing that out of fear. That's coming from fear. That What they're essentially saying there is that, no, I'm too scared to go meet them, so they won't do it. And they just cover it up with saying, I'll do it, I'll do it, you know, I'll do it. But they just stand there in the chode crystal, just choding it up with their beers, right? But for the guy who's in conscious competence, who sees the group of girls and doesn't go and meet them, but still frames it as, no, nah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, right? That's coming from a place of that, no, I'm an absolute chief. I'm the chief up in here, so I'll take my sweet time. There's no pressure. I'll do it. So there's complacency. It's complacency versus fear. In one situation, if you're somewhere between 12 to 6, you're most likely, if you're if you're not acting in the way that you should be, it's because you're framing it, you're reframing and rationalizing it around the core of fear. You're just afraid. You're scared. And I'm actually working with a client right now, a new client. Uh, <laughs> shout out to A, uh, who's actually d- dealing with that some right now, who's up in uh, Germany, up in Berlin. But for those who are a little bit further down the journey, this is something you've got to be aware of. Something that I went through for sure. When, when I entered chief mode, I've given you a night example. i give you a day example. I'll give you a day example when I was in chief mode and maybe I'm walking up and down the mall with uh, one of my wings, maybe up and down with Jordan. And, you know, it's like at this point, we're not on 30-day challenges. We're not on action blocks. We're not on strict routine at the moment. But we know that we know roughly in our minds that we want to meet somewhere between five to ten different people tonight, uh, today, sorry, and you know we want to have a good time, and and you know, we've got still a lot of learning to do. But we end up just fucking around. We end up just walking up and down the mall, having a good time. But maybe we met one person, maybe two people, but it wasn't really what we were supposed to be doing. And it ended up being because we just let time slide by, and all of a sudden the day's gone, and now maybe there's not as many people out. Or, you know, the time's passed, so to speak, and maybe we're just tired. And it's like, shit, we didn't really do what we're supposed to be doing because we rocked up like chiefs, but we're not. We're not chiefs yet, right? We're not unconsciously competent. It's almost like when you become consciously competent, you start believing in your chiefness, yet you have not actually realized a true chief. So be aware of that, my friends. Be aware of that. Uh, I'm just realizing some chats coming up in here. I do want to get back to this idea of defining what successful women actually is. I remember we were supposed to tack that up earlier on, but we got off on different uh, bamboo shoots here. So take him in saying detached from outcome and not detached from taking action. Detached from outcome and not detached from taking action. So I think he's trying to sum up what's going on here. Yeah. Be detached from the outcome, but don't be detached from taking action. Yeah, very well said. I like that, T. That's good. And another visual a visualization from that that comes to mind is that swing the blade, but don't need the blade. Nice Mac then comes in saying, I was in that state of mind once, detached from the world, carefree, and wasn't worrying. Girls came to me. But somehow there was this deep fear of moving it further with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, nice. That's, that's nice, Mr. Smack. <laughs> Your username. Uh, Axel comes in saying that, just like Bruce Lee, is that idea of chief mode can sometimes be a delusion or not, depending. 
Yeah, so Exil, that's what I just finished up that point with. You may have just kind of typed that in at the end, which is that chief mode in six to nine is a delusion. Consciously competent, when you're consciously competent, which means, yes, I know what I'm doing and I'm somewhat good at it, you're not an actual chief. What is what is an, what is an actual chief? Actually, this would be a great segue into success of women. What When do you actually, if I'm saying that you're not, that you shouldn't be walking into a bar or going out into the street thinking that I'm an actual, feeling like a chief. When is it okay to actually feel like a chief? This is actually the the best, most beautiful paradox is that the moment that it's okay to feel like a chief is when you no longer feel like you need to even say to yourself that I am a chief. And that is unconscious competence. Chief mode, true chief mode, what does that actually mean? That actually means that you're so good at what you do that you don't even need to think about it in which that you no longer would even think to yourself that I am in fact a chief or that you would no longer rock up into a day going out meeting people and actually say to yourself, oh, I'm not going to meet that person now because I'll do it later. You know, because that's the delusion. That's when you're in conscious competence. You enter the, you walk up, you walk up feeling like a chief. He's like, maybe you've been on a few dates that week. Maybe you're in one or two casual relationships. Uh, maybe you had your first pool the other night, whatever, you know, maybe things are going well. You're starting to see the light. You're starting to get it pretty high up on this mountain now. And so you start buying into yourself, start feeling like a chief. But that's just a delusion. Absolutely, Exil. That is just a delusion because, because you wouldn't, if you actually were a chief, aka a fully realized social dynamics skill set, 12 to 12, fully competent to the point where you don't even need to think about it, then you wouldn't be thinking about being a chief or you would not be thinking about those things. You would not be doing things that stop you from taking action. You would just be taking the action. So let me give you an example. If you guys were to go out with me tonight, if we were to rock up, let's let's hit up fucking ABCs, let's hit up uh, the Carlton, let's 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 go to the wool shed. Let's well, how about let's even oh, Red Square shut down now. What are they, for my boys in Adelaide, what the fuck are they doing with Red Square, right? I don't know. Let's say the, the Bank Street Social for those who are a little more bougie. Or the Havi on a, on a Saturday, right? Whatever. Whatever. Let's say Rock Up is the... Well, the Havi's not really a club. Okay, we'll start at the Havi. We'll, go, we'll, go, we'll see what's at the Havi. What's the, is, what's the crab? Is, it, is the crab another one? It's got a big crab out of the front. What's the name of the one the big of the crab? Anyways, we're, anyways. We start to have more of a chiller bar, and let's say we just rock up into a nice chill bar to start the night, all right, on a Saturday night. I know tonight's not Saturday, but let's just say it is. And let's say you guys would come out with me. I would not rock up. And by the way, the intent for the night, we're going to set what's the intent. What's the intent? The intent is we're going to have a good night. Now, we're all at varying different stages of the journey. For me, being 12 to 12, unconsciously competent, actual chief mode which means that I don't even conceptualize. I wouldn't, that's the point of this story, which is that I'm not going to rock up though, acting like a chief. Because if you act like a chief, then you are in fact not a chief. Okay, if you act like you are so competent that you don't even have to take the steps and the action and swing the blade that you know you should be, then you are no. But you are by no means at that level of actual competence. Mm, that's good. That came out good. That's really the way I wanted to get it out. So if we... 
But so we're all going to be at different stages of the journey, which means that all of our intents are going to be slightly different. Let's say this. How about this? I take five of you out tonight with me. Let's say one of you is unconsciously incompetent. You don't even know how bad you are, which means that your intent is to find out how bad you are, which means that strict, strict routine, strict action. You've got numbers to hit. You've got approach numbers to hit. You've got audio recorders on you. You got the full bevy. You've got, you got everything. And you got everything to keep you structured, closed system, narrow, no extraneous variables, no allowance for let's see what happens. No Patrick Starfish mode for you. Then we've got, say, another guy who's a little bit further. Maybe he's like, instead of like 12 o'clock, maybe it's like three. He's just kind of getting out of that stage. Still needs to be very strict though. And his intent though is just, I just got to keep, keep focused, stay focused. And then you got maybe someone who's somewhere between three to six. You know, he knows he sucks, but you know, and he's just working on his suckness. Then you even say, I got a couple of you. Let me take two of you that have got conscious competence. Two of you that could fall into chief mode. And then there's me, who, who's for a long time now uh, been in unconscious competence, uh, 12 to 12. So if I stepped out with those five, those like a varying array of different journeys in the bar, I want to ask you guys in the live chat right now, do you think I am, actually not even that, let me rephrase the question. If you had to put money on it, who do you think is more likely to approach the very first attractive woman that we all see when we step in the bar? The guy who's unconsciously competent at 12 o'clock, the guy who's kind of just a little bit further ahead of him, kind of 12 to 3-ish, kind of at 3, uh, the guy who's somewhere in between 3 and 6, so uh, consciously incompetent, and then the two chiefs. The two chiefs that are six somewhere between 6 to 9, and then Adam, who's fully realized. Who do you think is more likely to approach the very first woman, the very first attractive woman we see? Who would you put more money on? Who would you put your money on? Drop that in the chat. And this will give you your answer to, to delusion and what real chief mode is. But I want to see if you guys are switched on. Class is in session. Drop it in the chat. Because I see this again and again. I see this again and again when I go out with a mixed array of skill sets. It is, it is so beautiful to watch. Who needs to learn the most and to what proportionate level they take action versus the person who has, who has been through the, the journey of learns and to what level they are willing to take action. And then to the person that, we're getting some answers up in here. And then to the person that has taken so much action to the point in which that there is no more concept of taking action and then you see how much action he actually takes there's the different stages of the journey this is very interesting okay so we're getting some answers up in this chat to my question of i don't know we were following a different potential let me reframe it for those who are just even just just for your minds there me and five or six different other guys walk into the bar. You've got a varying array. Some guy who's at the absolute beginning of the journey, a guy who's just kind of a little bit further ahead of him but still really sucks, uh, a guy who 
a little bit further ahead of that guy. Still really sucks, but it's now starting to get beyond that. It's starting to see the light a little bit more. And then two guys who are in absolute chief, who are who are conscious competence. They know what they're doing, and they're somewhat good at it. And then Adam, who's and then me, who's full way through, and we all walk in and we're just smack bang hit in the face with an, an extremely attractive woman. Who's more likely to approach her first? That was the question, uh, and I gave different numbers for that. Infinite Paradox came in saying six. So, he's, are you talking about the chief guys then? Because those are the guys, if you're six o'clock, that means you've just entered conscious competence. So, Infinite Paradox is saying one of the two chief, one of the two sixes are most likely to approach the very first girl. Ivan then comes in saying consciously incompetent. So, Ivan's referring to the guy that's somewhere between three to six, who sucks, but knows he sucks and is really working on it. Infinite Paradox comes in saying all the three. So speaking more to what Ivan was saying there on maybe more the guy that's just not the not the very, very hard guy who's right at the beginning of his journey, but the guy who was slightly in front of him. T says the same. T says the same. He says three. He says the guy who's a little bit, the second guy I mentioned, who's slightly further ahead. So consciously incompetent. Axel comes in saying, I'm not going to lie. I can't remember the clock phase, the clock phases to differentiate which one is. That's fine, Exil. Uh, nice Mac says it should be. And by the way, Exil, I have an entire podcast on this. On the, it's one of my favorite. It's the other legendary social Q and A. I think it went for three hours. Um, the journey of of social dynamics. It's something like that. It's like three sessions ago, three or four sessions ago. But I explain every section of the clock phase in detail. Uh, Nice Max says it should be. Thank you for being honest. By the way, uh, Nice Max says it should be constantly growing and learning. But the guy that has experience, number three. Okay, so all of you that said number three are incorrect. You're you're the most incorrect out of all the incorrects. <laughs> and I'll don't worry, I'll explain. If you said the twelve o'clocker, uh, the guy who's right at the beginning. If you, because oh my God, I got to remember, it's not just you in the live session here. There are a lot of you that listen to this in post. If you had said the guy who was at the very beginning, he's, you are actually slightly less incorrect than those who thought three in between six. And there's a reason for this. And it's actually quite counterintuitive because you would think that, what does that mean in real terms? So what are you saying here? Me and five other guys walk into a, a bar, very attractive woman, Hit us front on. Why would the guy who's at the very beginning, 12 o'clock, like unconsciously incompetent, he doesn't even know how bad he is. He sucks so bad. Why is why am I saying that he's more likely to meet that woman than the guys who are somewhere between three to six? Preconceived notions. He is so bad. He doesn't even know how bad he is. The others are so bad, but they know how bad they are. They have something to fear. They have something to be afraid of. Of all the people I have coached and work with in field, especially on group sessions, is what I see. The guys that have some modicum of experience, not a lot, and not a lot of actual skill either, not a lot of experience or skill, but just enough to make, to show them why they should be afraid because they have felt the fire. 
They have stepped into the fire just enough that they have reason to be afraid now. They have real experience that shows them, holy fuck, holy fuck. I, I know what it feels like for it to get rejected hard. That is why if you said three to six, you are the most incorrect. You're flat out, like, of course, we're talking generalizations here. Of course, they, they could. But I'm talking about t- 10 times out of 10. I'm talking about if we were to rerun the scenario and you were to look at the average, if you're somewhere between three to six, those guys I mentioned tonight, they are the least likely to go and meet the very first woman that we see. They're going to take a while to get their flame going, to get their wheels spinning. So Connor actually came in saying one. So Connor in the live chat was the closest. Connor, good, very good job, Connor Bowers. Connor was the closest. He said one, which means, you know, 12, 12 somewhere between 12, the very beginning of his journey, essentially. But uh, more accurately... Of the guys that I mentioned, the 12 o'clocker, he's the most, he's more likely. No, no, no. We only talk about the first three guys here. All right. So of the first three guys that we mentioned, the 12 o'clocker is more likely. He's still not likely, but more likely because just he's not, he doesn't know what to be afraid of. He doesn't know what rejection feels like. He doesn't know what other people seeing him get rejected feels like. Think about the pizza guy. My friends, think about the pizza guy. Only my OGs will know what that is. Uh, it refers to a guy who came from a pizza store and had one of the best sessions I've ever seen on a bowl session of like 20 guys in Melbourne. Fucking lit it up. He didn't even know what cold approach was. He came from the pizza store, came down, fucking lit it up. The pizza guy. There's a, if you want to know what I'm talking about, go to a video on my channel called The Greatest Teacher in Life is Experience. If you just type that into the channel, you get the full Pizza Guy story in its abbreviation. No, no, not even an abbreviation. It's a full story. Anyways, but he was 12. And so he fucking lit it up because he didn't even know what to be afraid of. So, but this isn't the end of the analogy or the story or the lesson. There are other guys I gave you examples of. I gave you some six o'clockers. I gave you some six to seven issues, somewhere between six to seven nines, a.k.a. Chief Motors. Chief Motors. Why would... Now, they are definitely more likely to approach that first beautiful woman, the Chief Motors, than the three to sixes. The three to sixes are the highest risk for not meeting anyone that night, for having the worst nights. They are the highest risk if you're somewhere between three to six, aka conscious incompetence, just because of the the sheer levels of fear. The sheer levels of anxiety, much higher than any other stage. But six to niners are definitely far more likely because they're consciously competent. They've gotten over that hump. They've gotten over the hump of the fear and anxiety. And But now, this is where, for those of you, now to, to just finish this up here, but they're still not the most likely to approach that first woman. They're still not the most likely. Why? because of the exact lesson I've been pumping for the last 10 minutes, that they have the potential of entering chief mode. It's not a guarantee, but actually it's like the lower they are between six to nine, so six to seven-ish, the more likely they will enter chief mode, but the closer they are to nine, the less likely they will because they're getting over that ego. They're getting over the ego of saying, oh, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Next, next, next girl. Next girl, I get the next girl. But it's not, ah, next girl. 
because of fear, which is what's happening between three to six, between that six to seven, six to nine-ish, earlier on in that, it's because, no, no, they, they genuinely believe they will actually go meet a woman, just not this woman, because they know they'll do it later, or they think they'll do it later. Not out of fear, just complacency. So that's why the six to seven is are far less likely to go and meet that very first woman. So who was the first, who was the person that is most likely to go and meet the very first woman? The guy that, and this is what's so beautiful about it, the guy that is full circle. And not because he's full circle, not because he's, not, well, when I say that, not because of skill set, not because you guys might think, oh, right, right, because he's got the best skill out of all of them and has a fully complete social skill set, so of course he would meet the very first uh, woman that he sees. No, it's not that at all, right? It's because of all of the issues that the others have. You look at from 12 to 6, all the fear, all the anxiety, and where that comes from because of the limiting beliefs they have, because of their fears of what other people think of them, all, all of these things, all of these, all this weight, it's a weight. Anytime you, you adorn, adorn a limiting belief, that's a weight on you, right? It slows you down. It restricts your freedom. So between 12 to 6, you have so much weight on you because you're thinking about what other people think about you. You're thinking about the rejection. You're thinking about the fear, the, the flame, the anxiety, all of this stuff. So those guys can't move freely. They're going to take they're going to need time. They're going to need a lot more uh, baby stepping exposure to go up and start getting into the flow of things. For the guys that are 6 to 9, they're weighed down by something else, their ego. They're weighed down by complacency, chief mode. They're feeling like chiefs when they walk in. And they're saying that to themselves. I don't oh, I'm feeling good tonight. I'm good. Oh, I don't need me this girl. I'll do it. I'm good. That's weight. That's an ego right there that is weighing them down, that is restricting their ability to move. The reason why the guy who comes full circle is most likely to meet the very first person that night, and we're just using a microcosm uh, to paint a much larger principle here, is that what does he have less of than anyone else? Guys in the chat, what does he have less of? Starts with a W. I've used that word several times in the last minute. If you think about what everyone from 12 through to 7 and then less up into 9, but still to 9, but all the guys that are dealing with the limiting beliefs, the fear, the anxiety, that's all a W. It's all a pulling W, which someone who comes full circle has none of, which enables him. I'm not going to say that last bit because it gives you the answer. What does he have less of that allows him to meet that woman first, reliably, 10 times out of 10, first, more than anyone else? Connor Bowers comes in with the first response. Connor Bowers comes in saying, he sees himself as that person, so it's normal for him to go and approach Connor coming in with a deep philosophy. I love it. I love it when you came in with that. Oh, it's like Connor went leagues deep to the deepest level of what I was. You're right. You're 100% correct. But you literally went to the, look, 
absolute core of it. I was only looking for one word. Like, I was only looking for one word. But the one word which T has given us, wait, you bang on T, Connor has, Connor has nailed it. Uh, forget about the winning mentality, uh, Connor. What you said first is money, the absolute money. He sees himself as that person. So it's normal for him to go on approach. It's the part that you said about he sees himself as that person, which means that he's not weighed down by himself. Hence, he is free to act without limit. When I let go of myself, I am free to act without limit. For all of those guys who were 12s, 3s, 6s, unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent, and then guys that had just stepped into conscious competence, chief mode, they are all weighed down by their concept of self, attached to this limiting belief, that limiting belief, that fear, that anxiety, that egoic, uh, and for the guys in conscious competence, that egoic entitlement, because I am this good, so I don't have to act that far. But it's all weight, and it's all weight that has been attached to who they think they are. So they aren't free to act without limit. So when they walk into it, and I walk into a bar with five of these guys, that the person most likely, and that I just see again and again, again and again. And it always like it always makes me smile when I walk in or like a session with like guys like this. And it's like, why was I the first person to go and meet the very first attractive woman when I am I need it less than anyone else? I've already put in my ten thousand hours. I've already done thousands of interactions. I open qualification investment clothes aren't even in my mind anymore. I don't it's just it's just a woman and it's just a person and to the deeper philosophical lesson of what of what Connor was saying there is that I see her as me. I'm not separate to her. I've already let go of Adam. So I'm free to act of our limit. But if I already understand all of this, why is it that no one else that so like you see on a tactical skill set level when I need it less, why did I go after it first? Because of weight. Because of the weight of who you think you are. And this is just the progression of the journey. So for those of you now thinking that, oh shit, man. For those of you that are 12 to 6 going, well, fuck. <laughs> what are you saying, Adam? Am I fucked? <laughs> yes, but that's the journey. <laughs> You're not fucked in terms of a finality. You're just fucked right now, Okay. But you will get unfucked through experience, through learning, through humility, through awareness. That's the only way that you get to that stage. It's like, okay, so what are you saying now? All I need to do is to let go of my concept of self. And then when I let go of myself, I'll be free to act without limit. In which that when I do step into a bar, actually, I will go straight ahead. I will meet her immediately. First thing, reliably 10 times out of 10. It's not how it works. I would love for you to adorn that mentality. And that is the sharpening of the blade. But make no mistake, you can say that to yourself all day long. If I let go of myself, I'm free to act without limit. But until you actually get the referential experience of having swung that blade again and again, so that it becomes an embodiment now and not a conceptualization, it's never going to be true. It's, never, it's not going to happen. So it's both. I would love, I would love for anyone who's 12 to 6 right now to adorn that mentality and go, all right, I'm just going to let go of myself tonight. I'm going out, just going to let go. All right? I'm just going to forget who I am, see myself as others, 
and just let go of the weight. Let go of the weight of the limiting belief that I'm a short Asian guy or, or I'm a virgin or I'm a sexually inadequate this or that or, you know, I'm, 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 I've had a fucked up childhood and parents and let go of all these weights that I choose to hold. Right? And you take that mentality and then realize that when I do in fact let go of those weights, then I'm free. And then I'll be able to meet that first person immediately. I would love for all of you to adorn that mentality. But don't be upset if that when you get into reality that it doesn't play out that way. Even just attempting to execute that mentality, that sharpening of the blade in tandem with your swinging, that's enough. That's more than enough. You know, I've got a client right now who's just learning how to warm up. He's literally just warm, warm, learning how to warm up. And he's really struggling with it. You know, it's taken him like 30 minutes, 10 minutes to learn how first time, 37 minutes, second time, 10 minutes. He's going on these seven, he's got a seven day action block learning how to warm up. And he's really struggling with it. But I'm like, the struggle is, we wouldn't be doing this if you weren't having to struggle. So embrace the struggle. But that doesn't mean get down on yourself. That doesn't mean uh, beat yourself up because you weren't able to fully actualize the mentality that you want so badly. It's like, you guys can hear now, you can hear for me why we all need to reach this stage of letting go of ourselves so that we can act freely. But you shouldn't hurt yourself. You shouldn't lash yourself because on a given night or day, you weren't able to execute that at the first, at the very first interaction, or even if you never experienced it all day or all night. That's the journey. Otherwise, you would not be walking this journey. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like beginners t- tend to have this tendency to get down on themselves because they're not living up to what they had conceptualized of themselves. But it's their, it's their inability to live up to the conceptualization that deems their worthiness of being on the journey. Otherwise, you wouldn't be walking the journey. So, enjoy the fact that you suck. When you're 12 to 6... Don't loathe that you suck. This is something that uh, both Matt, Jordan, and I, when I was first coming up, <laughs> we never said in so many words, but it was always an unsaid agreement between us. No matter how much we fucked up, it was always something to smile about. I remember when we went to Marion for the first time, we did our Marion flag plant. We spent a whole day together at like 9, 9 a.m. We went to Rundle Mall. We met some girls around the mall. We took the bus out to Marion for the first time and we spent all day recording each other. Uh, record, we didn't record all of our interactions, but recording, we did have, I've still got the footage, all the way back when I was 19. And we were out there and we recording our infield and we would break down our infield later on. Just us, just us three. And some of it was just so bad, so bad. Some of it really good, but some of it is so bad. And we would just laugh. We would laugh so much. And we, but we enjoyed our sucking. We enjoyed that stage. We never looked to move beyond our sucking too fast. If you suck, there's a reason why you suck. And it just goes back to one of my fundamental core principles of that. You can only ever be where you are right now, right now. You can't be six months down the journey right now. So if you have a tough night, if you have a struggle and a challenge of a night in which that maybe you did go out with five different guys 
of varying different stages of the journey. And maybe you did see some, maybe you did go out with me and you did say, well, what the fuck? How did Adam just rocked up and this absolute dime piece just went, bloop. he didn't even hesitate. There was nothing. There was no like, what's going on? And I couldn't do that. And fucking, I was like so scared, but I, but it's like, I knew there was a moment that I could have. It's not like there was, it's like, oh, Adam just sprinted at her. I know there was a moment where I could have done it, but I didn't do it. Fuck shit. Right. You know, and then that spirals you down throughout the rest of the night. No, you're like, acknowledge that, okay, I sucked in that moment. I know that I was supposed to go meet that girl. I didn't. Reload, next interaction. Do it better next time. Go again next time. Reload, let's go again. Reload, again. Reload, reload, reload. It's like when you're an absolute beginner, that should be your mentality, which speaks to the whole detachment from success right here. If you are attached to success of women, your ability to reload, it's inexistent. It doesn't exist. The guys that are attached to success with women, they are on what I refer to as a one in the chamber mentality, right? If you've only got one in the chamber, aka I need to make it work of this girl, like that's that's what it's. What kind of mentality is that? It's like you're putting all of your effort and hopes and dreams into this one interaction working, and then when it doesn't work out, when well, you go home, that's guys that are attached to success because you didn't achieve your success in your one little one round in the chamber, but. If you've got belt-fed reload style mentality of like, okay, if, you know, if I guess I guess beginners, they tend to think that success is binary or very black and white. It's either I get the girl or I don't get the girl. It's not how I see it. Success for me, and great, we'll get to definition here. Success as a coach for a beginner, if I'm coaching a beginner, my criteria for success for him is the fact that he took action. And that there is a varying degree of success within that interaction as to tactical execution. So, but, 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 that's secondary. The primary criteria for success for anyone who is going from 12 to 9 and at the minimum, so consciously having to work on their skill set, the bare minimum criteria for success and primary will always be you having just done it, taken action for the sake of the action itself. If you can do that, that's a win. Now, secondary underneath that comes tactical execution, which is a varying degree from zero to 100. How well did you open? How well did you qualify? How well did you uh, slide into investment? How well did you close? Right? But that's all secondary. So we will look at that throughout the night, but beginners tend to think that the only criteria for success is whether the girl loves you or not, whether you got the girl or not. And if you don't, well, then fuck it, you're out. Or, or and that, that's like the hardest cases, or you've got guys that think that still kind of see it kind of binary, kind of in which that if it get the girl, don't get the girl. But, but I'm willing to hang in there. It's like I'm willing to, to spend all night seeing if I do get the girl, if I don't get the girl. It's still far off. It's like they're still not looking at about the two core principles of what they should be focused on as someone who's working on a skill set is that number one, did I take action? Yes or no. And number two, how well did I do within that action? That's all you're looking for. That's all it is. That's all, that's all success with women is. It's all, am I actually learning? Am I actually growing? Am I actually taking a mentality that enables me to do so? AKA reload. Reload. If you want to use that re, the reload analogy, or even just a swing of the blade analogy. It's like, are you willing to swing? How many are you willing to swing? And 
And when you do actually, in fact, swing, you reflect on the cut. What type of cut was it? Was it a perfect cut? Was it a shithouse cut? Was it a 10% cut? Was it 50, 70, 80%? And that's the endurance mentality of that. Well, when I walked up into the bar and there was all five of us and I knew I had a chance to meet that girl first, but I didn't. So you didn't even swing the blade, but okay. Okay, swing again. Go again. Don't give up. Go to the next person. Okay, let's say you do meet the next person and it was just piss poor, just terrible, absolutely terrible. So that maybe that your cut was like 10% of what it should have been. Swing again. And then you repeat and rinse and repeat this process. But if you take a binary mentality and such a fatalist mentality of that, it's either I get the girl or I don't get the girl. Well, shit, you may as well just never even begun. Like maybe do that once. Do that once. Go out with that mentality once. Show yourself it doesn't work. And then don't go out again if you're going to keep acting that way. Because then you just... You're, you're being insane. You Then you're just repeating the same actions, expecting a different result. Enjoy the suck. Enjoy that, enjoy that your, your swings. If you were, if you had, sorry, I bit my lip. If your swings were already 100%, you wouldn't be swinging. You wouldn't have a need to. So, if your swings are less than adequate, if you're not cutting as well as you should be, that makes sense. Enjoy it. Too many guys give up because of their attachment to success. And it's also not just because of what they define success to be, but also just the fact of the attachment of that definition. So not only is most people's definition wrong, or wrong, unserving, unhelpful, but they're also attached to it. So you can see it's like, it's just a, it's the snake. Snake eating its own tail. It's a nice loop that will perpetually keep them in inadequacy. Why they'll never change who they are. But if you can take your tail out of your mouth, spread this line out and go, ooh, change my definition for success. Just the fact that I take action, I win. Secondary, oh, let me work on the scout. Let me work on the skills, and I'll do that all night. And we'll do that all day, many days in a row, for years at a time. Great. You do those two things, and you just redefine what success is for you. You will grow so quickly. You'll grow so fast. And that's actually speaking to Nicholas at the beginning of this podcast. It seems like he's starting to do that for himself. Okay, so I'm gonna address some of you guys in the chat right now. Connor had come in with a lot of emojis. A lot of emojis, a lot of fires, a lot of money bags, a lot of bego monies, a lot of dollar signs, a lot of cash flying signs. Say uh, pleasure over pain mentality, fire, 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 trial and error. Yes, sir. Nice mag then came in saying, <laughs> little rubber dubs down there. Uh, <laughs> nice mag didn't say that. I'm just saying that rubber dubs down there. Uh, nice mag then came in saying, isn't there a train I can ride to take me to the end of the journey? Because this journey is painful and it sucks, lol. So, <laughs> nice fact. Uh, you need to go back and watch this podcast. <laughs> you think, I'm not sure when in this podcast he dropped that comment, but if he earnestly was listening to what I just said for the last 10 minutes, that rant I just went on, that fire beggar money rant, you'd understand why that's just rubbish thinking. Uh, Connor then came in saying, 
It's not a means to an end. It's just improving your skill set. And that is the end. Absolutely. That's the paradox. It's not a means to an end because getting the, getting the girl was never the end. Yeah. And yeah, but nice mag, that, that mentality of isn't there a train that can just ride you, that you can ride, just take you to the end of a journey? Mm-mm. Because you know what? People who take that mentality, they'll get on the train, but that train leads them off the path. The journey can only be walked by your own two feet. And for those that wish there was a train, aka a shortcut or an easier way, that's what he's saying there, uh, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. That will, that will have you falling off the path. Those are the guys that, actually not even falling off the path, those are the guys that just give up and just walk home. Because there is no train. It's like you'll, you'll be waiting forever. You'll be, it's like you're at the Tory gate at the beginning of your journey and you think that there's a train. <laughs> you, you, you build a train you build a train station at the beginning of this journey, but no train's ever going to come. There's no train tracks and there's no driver, right? But all the guys that, but it's, but all the guys that start at the same time as you that decided, no, nah, I'll walk, I'll walk. They're actually on the journey. But you, you're just stuck there at the beginning. You can't have that mentality. Oh, you can, but you're never going to make any any gains. You'll never learn. So, uh, T is coming with the first super chat of an Australian $5 saying, I got a question. Thank you very much, T. I'm excited for this. Let's go. And I'm just remembering there was a question at the beginning of this chat from someone. Um, but super chats go get bumped to the top and they go back to supporting this channel. So I'm really grateful. Thank you for that, T. And uh, I just, that's just a good reminder though that I need to go back up the chat for some other questions. So, T's currently typing his question out. Is there any more T? I'll keep, I'll keep reading. I'll read it. I'll start reading it, but if there's any more, let me know. <clears throat> T says with the $5 super chat, I've been on some video and phone calls this week with girls I met on Hinge. Ah. One was saying she couldn't call me because she felt anxious about phone combos. And another was stressed about showing me her face on video because she thought she wasn't pretty, in brackets, but really attractive on my scale, in brackets. Any thoughts on this? Uh, yes, okay. The, ina- the uh, insecurities. Yeah, so you got girls who got insecurities. You know, T's given us... Uh, what I really love, which is some real feedback or real context, I should say, on the COVID situation and meeting girls at this stage and and insecurity in that light. But actually, you'll see these insecurities pop up again and again. I actually like to force these insecurities out of girls uh, very early on in dates because it really just shows you who people are. I will park that and get back to that later because I want to address T's question front up. So, play cheeky. You want to be cheeky with it. If a girl comes back to me and say, hey, let's... Uh, oh, but actually, hang on. T, are they denying the phone or the video call on a whim? So, because I've I got to know, how are you setting these dates up? Is it that you're all of a sudden we're just fucking walking through the supermarket? 
saw this girl and you just said, fuck yeah, I'll give this girl a call while I'm walking through the supermarket. And then she doesn't pick up, but she types back saying, oh, actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know about video. I'm not looking my best right now. Or, you know, I don't know about uh, phone calls because I feel really anxious. What I'm asking here is that are you following the principles of it being on a whim? Or are you setting this up? AKA on Friday, hey Jenna, on Friday, let's do a video chat, let's let's do a video call, let's do a phone call. I need to know this because it changes the context. I hope you're doing the former. But if you are doing the latter, that kind of that tells us that tells us a little bit more. Just let me know. While T is taking his, his time to respond, Sucker Punch has just come in saying, 25-year-old virgin checking in, in brackets, please kill me, in brackets. Sorry, that, that is not my business. That is not my service. I, didn't, I do not offer execution. Uh, but thank you anyway. Thank you for the offer, but no. T then goes on to say, ah, yeah, no. I was setting it up in a day in advance. Ah, I thought so. I thought so, because... Okay, T then goes on to say, I didn't know how to implement the call on a whim thing because I just thought they'd be busy and not pick up. So <laughs> that, that is the principle of being on a whim. So we've got two issues here. There's two issues here. So we've got to get our, we've got to get our horses right here. We've got to get our horses before horses in front of the cart here, which is that if you're trying to video call or phone call, uh, a girl, you know, is on Hinge or Bumble or Tinder, whatever. But you're setting it up a day or two in advance. That's a lot of pressure for a girl that is not so confident in herself. Even if she is confident in herself, a lot of girls are going to have that insecurity because there's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot of pressure there because you're setting it up. But also, you're breaking one of the key principles of these video and phone calls which is that you're being very predictable. It's giving her this, uh, showing her what's next. And so that's the principles. If you guys, guys go back to social Q&A, how to online, tin, on day, online day during COVID, I go over these principles of that. If you're phone calling or video calling a girl, it's on a whim. It should not be set up as a date, right? Because right there, you're being extremely predictable. Uh, and it's also to what's going on here. It does set up a bit of pressure as well. But if you just phone call off the whim, video call off the whim, right? There is, there's no time for her to feel pressured about it. Now, that's not to say that she's not still going to have the same insecurity, which is a different part of this conversation here. That's part two. But it gives her less time to be insecure. It gives her less time to think about, think about it. Just think, because I just don't want her thinking. It's not a really accurate representation of who she is anyway. But, but moving past that point, T was asking about how to, uh, he says, I don't know how to implement the call on a whim thing because I just thought they'd be busy and not pick up. Well, T, it's very simple. You just pick up the phone and call them. There's not much more to it. He's saying he thinks they'll be busy and not pick up. It's okay if they don't pick up. They don't pick up, they don't pick up. Huh? But they'll hit you back because they see that, oh, he made a level of investment here. Try to think of an example. When a girl has, when I've gone to pick up a girl, I pick up a girl. When I've gone to call a girl or video call a girl, 
Uh, generally speaking, she calls back in an hour or two hours. If not calls back, messages back saying, oh, sorry, I was doing this, I was doing that. The moment, if I happen to be available at that time, I'll call her straight back then. When she, because I know I've got her on the line, when she's messaging, I'll call her straight back. You right down there? <laughs> sorry, that's rubber dub. Uh, so, so you get her on the line. Like if you, if you got a video or phone call a girl, she doesn't pick up, that's fine. But she'll, she'll, of course, message you back. She will not just see that missed call or that missed video call, especially if things are going well, and not hit you back. She will hit you back either saying, sorry, Adam, sorry, I was doing this, I was doing that, getting this. And she will either attempt to video or call you back. That's how it happens a lot of times. But let's say she doesn't. Let's take the example. Let's say because of T's question here to kind of tag in the insecurities let's say she has got some insecurities let's say she's even honest enough to say that i didn't pick up because i wasn't looking my best or you know i was i was feeling a little bit scared about the phone call or the video call this uh that already sends red flags in my mind about the type of girl she is like i'm just probably not going to really vibe with a girl like that very well so obviously doesn't have a lot of confidence in herself but that doesn't mean you don't work with her. That doesn't mean I wouldn't work with a girl like that. Let's say a girl says that to me. Then what I'm going to say is that, hey, listen, uh, I'll be cheeky about it. I'll play it and say, I wasn't expecting a runway model anyway. You know, I'll just play it off as a joke. I try and lower the pressure. I say, listen, I wasn't expecting you to be the queen of England. It's okay. All right, chill, right? I put a smiley face, put a laugh face. Make, a fun, make fun, make light of the situation that she's being silly. Even say, like, listen, don't be silly. We're, listen, we're, we're both ugly. We, we, both, we, we both acknowledge that we are both ugly. It's fine. You know, you can make a joke about it. Just make a joke about it because if you make a joke about it, that kills the pressure. If you just call out for her, if you just call out about, call out for her that she's being silly, how about, let me give you an example about this because I just I just, something popped up in mind of a girl that recently did this for me. Oh, how about this? Yeah, okay. So there's a girl that lived really far down, really far away from me. She lived really, really far away from me and she thought that, you know, when we worked out that we weren't really, for our first date, this is coming off, I think it was from Hinge actually, that, you know, she's really far down south, I'm really far up north. And uh, maybe this wouldn't work out. Maybe, but she wasn't like saying in a finalist way. You know, we had a big, good bit of chat back and forth before this. But she goes, oh, you know, maybe it might be difficult, you know, for us to see each other. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to. She's been really nice about it. She's like, I, I wouldn't know if I really want to, you know, I don't want to mess you around because maybe you won't be able to see each other as much, et cetera. You know, being too nice about it. But obviously it was a real concern for her. So I'm just like, listen, don't be silly. Don't be silly. You don't even know what's going to happen once we meet each other. You don't know. You, you say, you don't know. We might get married on the first day and then this, this distance thing won't even matter. You know, you make jokes about this. Make light of whatever she's pressurizing and then not only does that show her you're socially savvy, you fucking get it, but it also helps her out with whatever she was pressured about. Bring it back here for tea. If she does voice to you that, uh, you know, I'm not pretty enough to do phone calls, you know, make light of that. Make a joke about it. Reverse it. Put it back on yourself. You know, listen, 
I'm not the king of England. You know, I'm not whatever. Whatever your joke's going to be, I'm not fucking on magazines either. So you know, that'll make it live for her, make her far more easy for her to say yes. Just reduce the pressure, makes it easy for people to say yes. Cool, good principle. Uh, second thing, calling on a whim and the spontaneity. Uh, I just noticed here that Exil came in saying that is spontaneity that power powerful? Spontaneity is everything. I will never set up a video or phone call date with someone unless it is someone I know and that we need to talk about something very deep, like really important. But we've already established a connection. If you're meeting someone for the first time and this is like first few dates, this spontaneity is the key. It is the key that separates you from every other Joe. Because every other Joe, uh, <laughs> what's funny here is that Joe's up in here. Every other average Joe, I should say. Every other average Jeffrey uh, who's trying to do that. But it just, it kills the fun. It kills the vibe. It's so much pressure. Oh, video of Adam at five o'clock. Fuck, got to do my makeup. I've got to make sure I do this. It's just... Ah, uh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, shit, what am I going to talk about? I don't know what I'm talking about. That's her, that's you. But if you call on a whim, you call on spontaneity, you don't have time to think about those things. You don't have time to think about if you're looking your best, if you have cool things to say. Oh, I've got to think about some stories. Things about, basically think about George Costanza, how he used to prep for his phone calls for his parents. <laughs> he used to get stories and write down anecdotes. Ah, uh, shit. So, T, T, T. T made a fundamental mistake here in saying that. Uh, hang on, let me get it in. He says, I didn't know how to implement the call on a whim thing because I thought they'd be busy and not pick up. Well, listen, you've already set the parameters for your reality right there. If you're already thinking they're going to be busy and not going to pick up, well, then that's most likely what's going to happen, right? You're already acting that way, already thinking that way, all right? But moving beyond that, the idea that they'd be busy and not pick up, why that would be an issue for you is more of an issue for us here. People are busy. People do their thing. Not every girl, when I go to phone call or video call on a whim, picks up. But I am confident in that she will respond and hit me back, in which that I can then hit her back because I've got her on the line. So if I call, if I call a girl at... This happened just literally last weekend. I went to uh, call a girl. I was down at the beach at 11 a.m. I went to call her. She didn't pick up. That's fine. I know she hit me back. Now, she did actually call me back literally an hour and a bit later. But let's say she didn't and just hit me back with phone, uh, with type, just saying that, oh, shit, sorry, I was at work. Or shit, I was uh, fucking, I was, I, was, I was wrestling the dog, whatever. And then now that she's on the line, then call. All right? But if you're out there thinking that they're going to be busy and they're going to not pick up, you've already lost the battle. You've already defeated yourself at that point. That is not a winning, confident mentality. Okay. Uh, T then goes on to say, I'm still not clear on why we shouldn't be predictable. Isn't that just common sense to book a general time with someone? I literally just explained all the answers to that. Uh, okay, so he, pro- he probably sent that in before some, before I went on that rant. So hopefully that clears that. Hopefully that's already cleared up for you. Uh, T then goes on to say, hmm, aha, okay, thank you, everyone. 
Hang on, Luis is coming with a super chat, but let me pause that there. Oh, wait, no, no, because it's not a question. Luis came in with a $5 US super chat saying, yo, what is up, everyone? Just got here, late but present, haha. <laughs> Same issues as T, but I have done it on a whim. Beautiful, Luis. Thank you so much for that super chat. I really appreciate it. And if you have a question, just drop it in the chat. But uh, he's just dropping some love there. I really appreciate it, Luis. Thank you very much. And thank you for your feedback as well. Bit of context. Uh, Sucker Punch then goes on to say, I can't even get a match on dating apps. If I do, they never respond past one or two messages. Hey, that's the game. Uh, Joe Elvin then comes in saying, Hey T, I come from a generation where people would call each other spontaneously. In brackets, before everyone was attached to their smartphones. In brackets. Uh, it used to be a normal thing. Seems like younger generations, in brackets, of women in particular, in brackets, are too afraid to even pick up. Ha ha. And this message has made me feel super old. <laughs> I love it, Joe. Joe, I'm from the same gen. I'm from the same generation in which that we knew everyone's home phones off by heart. 836138XX to one of my best mate's phone numbers. Uh, I knew I knew all the girls that used to call off there by their phone numbers. That's just how we ran. And phone sex was everything. Phone sex was fucking everything. Like, And calling each other all the time. That was our main modality. It was always spontaneous. It was always so much better. Uh, but just to rehash there for T, when he says that, isn't it common sense to book a general time with someone? Yes, it is. If it's not a masculine to feminine sexually polarized interaction in which that we need the key of spontaneity and under-pressurized. Booking a general time. If I was just going to say, hey, Mike, I need to talk with you because uh, I'm just, I'm just going to, when's a good time to call you later today? Because let's set up for this event for last for next Friday. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fine because we're organizing some logistics here. If I'm, if I'm anything logistical, if just, just every example, if it's a logistical thing, yeah, it makes sense. If it's a deeper conversation in which that I need them to be free and it conveys a deeper meaning, that's a different thing. I mentioned all these things before, but if we're talking about a date space. It's the beginning, the beginning of a flame, beginning of a sexual uh, connection with the two. It's almost as if if you told a girl that you would be approaching her at this time on this day, expect me to be approaching you. It kills it, kills the fun. It's the spontaneity. And it, and it builds so much pressure in as well. It's like even, but this is just like classic, speaking on Joe, Joe, don't feel old. Even when I was 16 running hard, hard phone phone calls, right? Me, all my friends were doing this. We would never say to a girl, I will call you at 10 p.m. tonight. And or be for, if especially just at the beginning, the beginning of our relationship, of our interaction together, it's not, it was always on a fucking whim, always get her on a whim. And because she's so surprised, it's so much, there's so much flame, there's so much love to it. It doesn't pressure the situation. It doesn't make her think about what's going to be happening. So it's not, actually, it's not common sense. In fact, it's the, it's like, it's the complete reverse of common sense. If that you're at the beginning of a sexually polarized relationship with a girl and you're going to be doing something so pre-planned, so thought about. So thought about like that. In which that you're going to pressure her mind. You're going to be telling her, loading her up like that. Yeah, it's probably the worst thing you can do actually. Which is why in that uh, how to how to online date in COVID situation. Those were the key principles. Always on a whim. Never, never pre-planned. 
and yeah, and just speaking, just to wrap it up here, for those of you that were thinking, but but what if she what if she doesn't pick up? It's like she'll hit you back. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been trying to call her, and then you can go again. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, but uh, Joe, I really appreciate you coming in with the perspective and the feedback because yeah, it just brings me back to all the decades, literally. Well, not decades, decade and a bit of of girls, times I've been calling girls uh, at the beginning of our interactions. And yeah, spontaneously, it's just what it is. But to what Joe was saying there about the younger generation, too afraid to get on the phone calls and the video calls. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely, I can resound that for you, Joe, that the younger generation definitely struggles with the phone and the video because it really just speaks to a deeper level confidence in who they are, right? That they, they're judging themselves too much. But whereas when we came up and we grew up on phone calls uh, and just having to be who we are, because when you're on a phone call, you can't hide who you, who you are. You, she's going to hear your anxiety. She's going to hear your nerves. She's going to hear your ability to be present, to be funny, to just relax. And we love that. Like, because if you grew that, if you developed that skill set early on, it's just not, it's just natural. It's just normal. But if you don't have that skill set, then I can see why you would really struggle with phone calls and video calls and the younger generation not being used to that for sure. So that's such a really good perspective you brought in there, Joe. Okay, nice Matt coming in saying, oh, coming in with a $5 US Super Chat. It's just saying thanks for doing this with the flex. Thank you, nice Mac. Thank you, I really appreciate that. And nice, I think you had a question at the start of this chat and Luis has not dropped in a question. So let me dive back up the chat because I know there was a question at the chat that I was supposed to answer. Yeah, that's right, nice. Nice Mac, you had a question at the beginning which I did skip over because we had other super chats. But now that you have, I mean, I was going to go get it anyway. But now that you have dropped a super chat, listen, because you have dropped a super chat, if you have a different question, just drop it. Fucking send it. Otherwise, I'm going to go to the top of this chat because there's a question you had at the beginning. I will keep an eye on the chat. I'll start by addressing that first one and I'll keep an eye on the chat to see if there's anything else. Because I know we have changed topics here. Okay. Let's do it. I'm just getting his question here. Okay. So, nice Mac had a question saying, at the right at the beginning of this session. <clears throat> I was talking to a girl and she said she doesn't have a group of friends or friends to hang out with. Except her boyfriend. My question is, do girls only hang out with other people to find mates? Find the mate? <laughs> oh, the question. Do girls only hang out with people to find sexual partners? Listen, you could you could make an argument that everything we do in this life is to impress the opposite sex and to and to progress our genealogical lines and to ensure that we get to the next generation. You could definitely make that argument. Uh, I'm quite sure Richard Dawkins makes that argument in uh, in the, what is it, the selfish gene? Uh, but I think just largely, just evolution and biology in general. But to from a more social dynamics point of view, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> Girls definitely get benefits from 
friendships with but are you asking about male friends because he's saying do girls only hang out with other people to find mates so are you asking do girls only hang out with males to see if they're going to be sexual potentials because that makes the question a little bit more interesting because girls definitely have platonic friends both female and male for other reasons than perpetuating the genealogical line their dna however to the question of do girls only hang out with males to screen for sexual potentials? That's an interesting. That's an interesting question. That's. That's an interesting question because. Hmm. The reason why that's that's actually getting me to think about that is because I'm thinking about my female friends, and I think about the male friends they have. They never chose to be friends with them first. Of all of my female friends, I don't know any of them who currently have male friends and myself, because I'm obviously one of their friends now, that looked at any of those males as friend first. They always screen for sexual potential first. That's just speaking from my own point of view. I don't, I, just, I don't know any of my... Because I talk to my girlf- girlfriends about all this shit. This is how my mind works. And I do not recall a female friend of mine saying, yeah, I, I met Jeff and I thought he was just such a great guy that I just wanted him to go shopping with me. And that's, that's the only thing that ever ran through my mind. Now... So this that's part one to your question, which is that no, I think I think that as male and female beings, we always screen sexual potential first. And you need to take your mind beyond physical penetration with that. That's more so psychological. There's a lot more that builds into that. Is he going to be my potential father of children? Is she going to be my potential mother of children? Are they going to be a spir- a spiritual being? Can they sexually in a in a spiritual space help me to evolve, help me to grow? Do we, on an energetic level, connect in that way? These things, I believe, get screened well before friendship. Friendship is an afterthought. It's the secondary. It's what comes in when we realize a sexual potential, both psychologically and physiologically, is not available. Whether it's because they're already taken, whether it's because we energetically just don't connect in that way. But make no mistake, I think as human beings... I'm pretty confident in saying that we screen for that first. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in saying that. I mean, you could you could argue with me. We could, we could have some bad, but I don't think so. I, because at least on a personal point of view, it's definitely not the case. In terms of the girls that I know, it's definitely not the case. Friendship always comes second. Now, to the other part of your question then, but then we think, well, do those girls get anything from those friendships? Of course. Of course. The... Having someone to listen to, uh, listen to them. Having someone to be a bit of a rock, be a bit secure for them. Just having someone to hang out with. Absolutely. Girls get benefits from having male friends. Absolutely. It's just that, more interestingly, they don't see them or they don't screen for that first. They will definitely get benefits from having male friends, but they're not looking to have a male as a friend first. If possible, energetic, energetic connection is there and logistical 21st century relationship dynamic is available that will be acted upon first in my opinion 
Hopefully that answers your question, Mr. Smack. So I believe that is that is all the questions. Unless I've skipped anyone in the chat. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. I just want to make sure I didn't skip any questions. Um, no, we've got Exil's chief mode question. I answered that. Uh, I answered Alex's question. That's good. And Luis has not dropped in a question, which means that I think he's good. Okay, so that's where we're going to start to bring this to a summary. About to bring this start to a wrap. Guys, this detachment from successful women. I gave you an awesome, awesome case study, real world story at the beginning here from Nicholas, who's fucking acting upon it. And we dived into some deeper chop about being not being too attached to the point, sorry, not being so detached to the point where you become attached to detachment, which means that you stop yourself from learning. You stop yourself from growing. It's like recognize when you have become attached to a certain stage of social dynamics, whether that is sex, dates, texting, whatever, whatever it is, learn the lesson and then seek to go deeper so you can learn the next lesson of when you might be getting attached to needing the person outside yourself to do something for you and just keep progressing. That's been the main core lesson of this. And we've had a lot of interesting, uh, a lot of interesting questions and different, different things have gone in here, but that's really the main thing here. Just keep learning, keep growing. And I think probably my favorite part of this chat was when I gave you guys the example of the five different guys that walk into a bar with me. And that was probably the most informative and educational piece that you need to go back and listen to is the weight of who you think you are and how that stops you from acting freely. Conceptually, you need to understand that. On a tactical level, you then need to execute that. And only when you have those two things together over a certain period of time consistently can you reach that place of, when I let go of myself, I'm free to act without limit. And then you will be free in all regard. So I thank you all so much for being up in this chat. The super chats were most appreciated. They were bomb. Thank you so much, guys. And it was nice. It was very nice to have some laughs here, have some smiles here, to be talking about guys that are actually getting shit done, that are actually moving forward, and to bring in the lights because last week was very dark. So thank you for being here. I'll see you guys next week. As always, wishing you the absolute best in your lives, in your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to, actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, 
I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.